Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where we continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 2011. Multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half. How'd you get And you described that his head kind of exploded yes. when you hit I, him. I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. Go, go, go. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning and then 45 minutes later she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. Welcome back to the Operator Podcast. I'm your host, Robert O'Neill. And today is a is a great interview because we have an operator, a no-shit operator. Jeff DePati was um, a special operator for the Canadian Special Forces for CANSOF. And um, I, it, in my notes, say 14 years, uh, not quite to retirement, 10 deployments, uh, worked for Joint Task Force 2, which is the Canadian Tier 1 unit. Uh, bad motherfuckers, best snipers in the world. Sorry to say that to, to my um, former colleagues. Stir the pot, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, might as well start off with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, welcome, Jeff. Thanks for thanks for your time today. It's great to have you on. Yeah, no, the pleasure is all mine, Rob. Uh, I really appreciate being on with guys like you, you know, doing the work on the other side of the work. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, once it once it's once it's over, the military doesn't pay your uh, mortgage, your the electric bill or for your uh, psychiatrist. You yeah, they, they what, don't what tell happens. me where to go. I don't know what to do. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, um I've heard some interviews with you before, and okay. So before we get into it, too, Jeff's got a lot of great. I mean, some of the, some of the stories I've heard about being in the infantry, uh, in the sniper unit with uh, with uh, JTF two, um, overseas, and and uh, I've heard you mention before, like, and it's it, I mean it's it's weird that a lot of Canadian military doesn't even get recognized. People don't really know the story. Maybe maybe that's because they have better opsec than a lot of us do. But you guys did some amazing shit. Um, we'll get into that too. Something that I think I saw a tattoo of yours when you were on with Mike Ritland, and you were mentioning something called uh, the Gene Key. Is that right? Can you explain that? Because I mean, because a lot of the stuff that you talk about is with you said close, um, close note, open note thinking, holistic healing, stuff like that, like a great, um, a great uh, system. Um, And that was one thing that really stuck out. I try to take notes as well as I can. Sometimes I get off the subject, but can you explain the Gene Key? Yeah. So. The gist of it, Rob, is a man, someone I have a lot of respect for, a British fellow named Richard Rudd. He condensed down a bunch of practices and he created something called the Gene Keys. Yeah, there's the tattoo. Those are yep. my Gene Keys. Some people say it looks like a zipper, kind of does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, they're, anyway, yeah, they're, uh, they're Chinese hexagrams from the I Ching. And he condensed all these uh, ancient wisdoms into what he calls the Gene Keys. And... Um, they're, they're actually really powerful neuro-linguistic programming, if you will, just like anything, right? We really make a lot of sense of our world through our words. 
Um, the problem is, is we just can't make full sense of reality with words. Words run out once we reach the paradoxical nature of reality. So anyhow, the gene keys, um, in essence, it talks about shadows, gifts, and Cidic states. And if we boil that down to a more kind of colloquial chat, shadows are fear-based projections. When you use fear-based hormones, fear-based thinking, or closed node thinking. So you don't have access to your upper cerebral faculties as much as you would as you move through the gift and the Cidic states. Now, it kind of sounds really esoteric and the way he lays it out, it is esoteric, but really it's it's biology. Uh, um, I don't want to say at its simplest because it's hyper complex. Um, but if you are constantly in a fear state um, and, and you've been around these people, you've probably experienced it either like you mm. collapse right down to fight or flight yep. or you live in a stress paradigm. And if you live in that stress paradigm, what happens is it'll create a feedback loop. It'll focus your attention. It'll shift your perception and it'll start to mold your values. And this happens to all of us. We're all, uh, I don't want to say victims of our conditioning because that we are not, you know, we can rise above it. Uh, many people do. Uh, most people don't though. Most people will stay in their patterning from their genes to their epigenetics to their childhood. And the way the gene keys works is, you know, you have your own specific setup, like you'd have like your own collage of them. And I have my own collage. And this is something that's kind of cool about it is it's probably never, it's such a vast set of numbers that it'll never repeat. And that's kind of cool to think about that. You are indeed <laughs> uh, a unique snowflake, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> In a good way though, right? In a good way. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, I just like putting the word snowflake there. On the I No, there. I love the way you did that because nowadays <laughs> everyone either refers to a storm or someone that they think is weak, but a unique. So how, I mean, how many of these keys does everybody have? Is it the same number or a different number? Yeah, it's the same number. I can't remember. It, they, he calls it their hologenetic profile. Um, and there's about, uh, I think, 15, 18 of them. I, I don't remember offhand. I, I will wait one, two. <laughs> I think there's like 14, I think. Uh -huh. um, and they're unique to to, um, to everybody, huh? Well, like you may have one of mine. So I have one twice and that's integrity. You may have integrity in yours. Um, and then there's like a sub projection of that. So there's 64 keys and then there's a one through six line based on that. Now, the thing with it is like you open it up and it's going to seem a little, uh, people might use terms like new age or woo-woo, um, but it is anything but that. Um, what I've come to understand about it is it gives you tools to realize your fear-based projections and how um, those patterns from you know shame, guilt, apathy, anger, fear, and desire, and pride have shaped you. And what it does is it's, it's really super interesting because- yeah, it is it collapses your own power down and it makes you moldable to the systems around you. And when you rise above it, you are able to seek your own individuality really deeply. Now, not being an individual amongst the collective, but the belief, and I, I believe this, you know, you have your own genetic programming. You are unique, right? And in that uh, some people might use the term psyche wants to express itself. There's all kinds of like Jungian terms and things like this. But when you transmute those fears, those hard-earned lessons, um, and all the way up to like PTSD level hard-earned yeah. lessons, uh, you are able to bring new gifts into your world, into your for yourself, 
uh, and the community around you, you know, you're able to have deeper levels of patience and compassion. It's kind of like, uh, remember the old Kung Fu movies, the oh, old yeah. Kung Fu master, he's always smiling, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's moving through the world and he's smiling, you know, he knows something that others don't because he is not able to be collapsed down into a fear state. It doesn't mean you don't have your survival mechanisms. You know, I'm not, uh, those don't go away. You need to keep those survival mechanisms. Um, like I, I want my body to react if I'm about to be hit by a bus or mauled by a tagger, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to be able to come out of it quickly, which is kind of interesting, you know, chatting with an operator because this is one of the, um, I would say adapted skills, you know, there's probably some genetics there. Um, but I doubt you would disagree if I said something like operators are created um, as yeah, they go through, you know, mm-hmm. you're molded and, and you're shaped. It's it's less about you always rising, although, you know, selections and stuff, you do have to rise, but passing those tests creates a new version of you, right? And um, one of the things DARPA found about operators is that we can metabolize cortisol extremely quick. So yeah, we still get the big cortisol jack but we're able to function it back down and metabolize and get ready and stay in the fight up here. You know what I mean? Um, we've all been in situations where the black narrows us down a little, but yep, it does, mm-hmm. you know, is, is that, I mean, that's probably like your first skydive when they explain the first time you leave an aircraft, you're looking through straws and you don't realize you're backsliding because your feet are coming up. But yeah. for me anyway, the more I did it, like the, it seemed like the, it would open up and you get, you know, Towards jump number 500, yeah, you get a little adrenaline, but it's not as scary. as I mean, is that kind of the same thing? It's, so it's exactly that. So the first time you jump out of the plane, you are literally jumping into the unknown where your nervous system, your brain, and your body have never been before, right? You, you might hit the wind tunnel. Um, you might, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you do some boogie boarding on the ground. You know, you're pulling a few s- slips and toggles, but you haven't jumped out of the plane yet. And it is so far out of our natural programming oh, that yeah. it is the deep unknown right like every bit of it is like the body's like unless you're a psycho like where your systems are <laughs> tuned off you're like this is a little messed up you know okay uh but i guess it's part of the job um but as you do that your nervous system becomes attuned to it and exactly like literally down to the biology your gaze starts to open up and you're able mm-hmm. to um soak up more sensory input and then make better sense of it so that's with skydiving but every little stimuli in life has that same effect Everything is constantly giving us feedback. And usually what happens is our gaze and our ears are a little bit closed off um, and people start to live out patterns that generally don't serve them fully. I mean, so you, you say uh, fear-based is, I mean, is what, what's the other one fear-based and, the, and then the smiling Kung Fu master, what's that, what's that? One? Uh, well, I, so I'm, I'm using a scale called, from a guy called uh, Dr. David Hawkins. It's a scale of consciousness. On one side you have fear. On the other side, yes. you have love. He uses the word love, but um, think like peace, enlightenment, joy, neutrality, mm-hmm. acceptance, um, a whole bunch of different um, sensations. Now, they they both translate to biology. You know, one's really cortisol based and fear. And then mm-hmm. the other ones are more like satiated, like granulins and serotonins and things like that, where what literally happens is in the fear based side, you're in, in an insecure state. Whether you're like a champ, you know what I mean? You know, to, mm-hmm. like if I use the word like pipe hitter or chasing the dragon or whatnot, you know, yeah. like your body is still in that state. You you might be moving through it like a warrior, um, but you're still using those states. So what happens is it closes down the nodes in your mind. Um, and that's okay for a little bit. That's the job of 
the warrior, I think, is to plunge his hands or her hands into the muck to um, to experience those states so that we can have a more balanced side. The issue right now is like on the love-based side, most people, you can just tell by their pacing, they don't really feel at peace or satiated. They don't feel in control fully. You know, there is some people, and I'm using a very general term, but if we really look globally, uh, that's the case. Um, he also used the terms power versus force. So if you action something from a fear-based place, you're using what's called force. Um, and usually the alignment doesn't fit that nice. When you project from love, it's he calls it power. Um, and those are people like uh, Gandhi, MLK, mm-hmm. you know, like non, I'm going to use like some religious and theological yeah. people, but just think of them as people like Buddha or Jesus, uh, Muhammad, people who are able to almost not even like lift up finger in any kind of violence and completely shift the world. Um, it's a different place to project from. Anyhow, the thing with Gene Keys is, is most people will pick it up, especially men, and it'll seem a little bit like, okay, this doesn't agree with my left brain thinking. It's really um, designed as parables and koans and not meant to be read. It's meant to be experienced and then let it sit and you contemplate and you come back to it. Um, but it just opens you up and it actually makes you way stronger. That's what's really cool about it because when you face your fears, um, those are the worst things that you've experienced, right? You've locked them yeah. away mm-hmm. for a reason because you couldn't handle the energetics of that moment. Um, and so going back and facing those is really difficult. I mean, you talk to anyone who has a, like a full-blown PTSD or whatnot, yeah, they'll corroborate this in an instant, especially if it's an acute event. Um, the, the tricky part though, is it can also come out as a drip and it can have the same impact, uh, impacts, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, the daily bump and grind against your ego can start to fold this stuff and it can start to really, uh, shift us off living a whole and complete life. You know, it's not, uh, sometimes when I talk about it, I feel like, uh, a little bit, uh, not preachy, but, uh, like an old school Mormon or something. But the the truth is, is most people are seeking. It's even in your constitution, the pursuit of happiness. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, I think that's what they were actually talking about. They were talking about a more holistic existence as yourself. Um, Yeah. In fact, Hawkins, he's able to calibrate things as well, like uh, the Bible and whatnot and like their level of consciousness. So it goes from zero, you know, like a rock might be one (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, up to (laughs) like a thousand is kind of like your enlightened masters and whatnot, but the constitution is one of the, in its original form where it was originally drafted was like one of the highest scoring um, objects of all time because it had a lot of good behind it. You know, since then, you know, the, his argument is like, it's, it's been manipulated and moved and, you know, I, well, I, yeah, I don't really got, weigh we, in on it. Getting more people involved. They're going to, people in power are going to try to manipulate to put, keep themselves in more power. Like, like just, politicians for example um like narcissism is that one of them because that it always seems like a lot of politicians are narcissists they get there and they're all about their personal power and they're really good at uh portraying what you want to hear to keep them in power but there's something behind it where like the whole thing with no shame i mean you've seen it i'm sure in in canadian politics we see it here in the united states every single day and just being someone that can say anything with zero shame narcissism got to be in there i don't think because you said you have integrity twice i don't think a lot of these politicians have any any integrity at all well so narcissism is the 
emergent property of whatever came from that. If you look at a lot of politicians, so it's, it's kind of an interesting fact here, and I'm going to take a little swing here and sure. um, I'll back up a bit. Everybody okay. comes into life with what we would call wounding and wounding is just the tendency to project from a fear-based place. We're survival. Um, we're some of the greatest survival adaptations in the universe that we know of, right? Like mm -hmm. we, we can handle a lot of different situations, but we come in with uh, epigenetic wounding already from mom and dad. Uh, and then we get it in childhood. You know, there's times where our needs aren't met and then we develop these non-coping mechanisms and they, they, they're slight. They're not always like you become batshit crazy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but lots of these people go through that and then eventually they're their projections that, like I said, the emergent properties of it start to manifest as things like narcissism, grandiose or otherwise, you know, different forms of it. That becomes the, the quote unquote personality disorder of it. Um, Cause that's kind of how the mind constructs, right? Like a tree, it spreads out. And uh, the more you live without facing these, these non-coping mechanisms, the more you're going to move into these positions of people with, <sighs> massive disrupts in their system because like i i'm I, you know um i i'm not like super genius but there's a lot of times where i'm like is nobody else seeing this and then you talk to someone <laughs> and they're like yeah i'm seeing it and you talk to this person it's like everybody's seeing it but it's happening um so it's got to be a little bit askew right and then you said it though what happens is for some reason they're not able to move into a thriving state where they're satiated where they're like oh okay i have everything i need you know i'm 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 a complete human. I don't need to distract myself. I don't need to try to squash my inadequacies with these distractions or addictions um, or this pursuit of, I, I don't want to use the word power because I kind of attach it to that love and a, a more balanced approach to mm -hmm. uh, leadership. Um, but force just doesn't sound right either. Um, but the, yeah, this imbalanced projection they have and, man, sometimes in the wake of that is some nasty stuff, you know? And and so you said it though, you had this beautiful constitution. Yeah. And, and we'll almost call it like a revelation, you know, like in, in essence it was, it was a group revelation where it's like, we're actually thinking on a higher plane than we were before. Um, as we, I'm saying we, but as the British, as you separated from the British colony at the time, but what happens is the distance between the next person and the revelation, as it gets farther, um, we start to get into wisdom unearned and things, characteristics like this, where its essence begins to be lost. Right. And now, like, I mean, compared to where it was, there's 400 million people and there's a whole bunch of different <laughs> um, things going on. I won't call them issues, but like a whole bunch of things <laughs> yeah, a going things. on. A lot of things going on right now. Yeah. A lot of things going on, you know, <laughs> so it kind of begins to diminish a little bit and um, it, uh, yeah, it leads to these, these people, but, this is like the really cool thing. And I'm just going to keep going on the scale of consciousness because it's uh, something people can look up. There's a point where you move. Um, he uses the word courage, you know, and, and courage in its Latin roots means basically from the heart, but from the part of you that really is you. And you step into these things and you start like acceptance and neutrality are very difficult because the poles being on a polarized side is very easy. You got a herd over here and you got a herd oh, yeah. over there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very easy to hang out there. It's safe. 
But what it yeah, is, it's, is, it's the whole b- being in a room with people that all agree on the same things. That's that's what a lot of people have a tendency to do right now. And, and you're really not. I don't think you're going to get a lot out of everyone agreeing. It's like the whole uh, if you're the toughest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room type stuff. But the, yeah, I can see the herds and on one side and toe the party line type stuff. But exactly. And then we get a, a classic finger point. Right. And it's like, OK, well, this is just dualistic thinking. So we go back to language. That's one of its issues is. Um, the English language, most languages on earth, and I, I think all of them, um, can only really work up to a dualistic nature. It's very hard to have a conversation about paradox where two things are happening at once and are both true. And the thing is, is that like the nature of the universe is built on this. If fundamental physicists on like the lowest scale, it, it's all paradoxical in the quantum world. And the same thing on the greatest um side of it too with uh black holes and stuff like that and the only reason i'm like using those examples is because no, they cool. are the, the edges of our our kind of like understanding of the physical world and they both are showing that it's paradoxical and so it's hard to have a paradoxical conversation though especially in government um, yeah you know I, I i won't pretend to really know the solution to it Oh yeah, I never, fool. I never do either, and I actually get in trouble just for asking questions because <laughs> that means you're not believing everything they say, type stuff. And it's, you know, what's what's cool is you you bring up the black holes. You mentioned uh, Muhammad, you mentioned Jesus, um, and it's it almost kind of well, it makes me wonder, like, because you know, obviously, again, with religion, you either I'm right and you're wrong. That's the way it seems to be. But like, it like existing together, being the same thing, like that, it almost like something something so uh outside our realm of thinking could be possible that you know is it is it energy is it god is it, is it the prophet is it you know a savior it's a it's a no it's just like you said it's a it's a it's a an open note thinking type thing i, I think am i am i anywhere closer or am i just running my mouth yeah so we're getting i think closer right to just to me, what is the real discussion that we all should yeah. have? I mean, we're definitely pissing people off. That's you and me right now. That's I do know that. Well, so this is what I would say, Rob. If people are shaking their fingers at me, I'll take the blame. Um, really check in with your ego. That's 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 the ego talking. You know, it's like, oh no, that's pushing me to an edge, and mm-hmm. the ego is a survival mechanism, and that's it being triggered, saying, "Oh, I'm being tested outside of what I know," uh-huh. and it has its place as a survival tool, but it is also you know, it's the devil in the mirror. It's, it's like what's keeping you from fully flourishing. And as long as we have these systems that, you know, um, in essence, kind of keep us caged in our patterns, Mm -hmm. but also don't define what real success is, right? Like, you know, most people would use words like money and whatnot. And people like, I don't know, like, I'll just throw out another one, like Jeff Bezos, like, at what point do you have enough money? You know, like, cause that's, we're playing a zero sum game. So it's coming from somewhere. And, you know, with like 2.3 billion hungry mo's on earth, you know, like, again, I'm not really like trying to step on toes. I'm just trying to have a conversation, but it, it goes to like Orwell's whatever, 1982, where he has, he uses the term double think. And what happens in double think is, you know, well, maybe you don't know, but, and I'm saying you, we as humans, yes. mm-hmm. there's a spectrum of truth. It's, it can be filled with facts and theories and whatnot, but there's like this spectrum of truth. And in order to achieve double think, you have to totally negate half the truth, right? You have to, if there's like 50 people on this side, 50 people on this side, and they're pointing fingers at each other. Well, at some point you have to totally negate their truth to make your truth real. And that becomes a real issue. 
um, because there's 8 billion of us, you know, on the same planet, not really able to escape it anytime soon to go get resources elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, so this, this is where, like, we talk about open node thinking, what happens is your eyes and ears and the rest of your body absorb sensory input. It comes in and then your brain starts to jumble it around the attention centers you have. And it'll either go into what's called implicit biases, sometimes called stereotypes, where you don't even really think about it. It just shortcuts the loop because it's it's a, a faster way to think um, than trying to all like, could you imagine like walking through your day, like going to the bathroom and having to recontemplate every step of the way, like, <laughs> like yeah, you know, it, it would be fucking nuts. Um, yeah, that's so, where the muscle memory comes in. Like, I just kind of know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> you're supposed to do, you know, like, and and so it has its place as a really powerful tool. But then it also shuts down that open node thinking, um, and that's where we are right now. From my kind of humble assessment, though, the, the the start to the solution is pretty simple, and this is the concept that. Uh, an American uh, duo came up with, which is called post-traumatic growth. It's the opposite side of post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, what happens is um, we move into stress states, okay? Mm -hmm. Move into a stress state. We may pull out of it with, you know, um, with help from friends, proper tools, therapies, plant medicines, uh, movement, breathing properly, meditation. There's all kinds of things that help a human being uh, reheal his or her nervous system. Now, with post-traumatic growth, you actually expand your nervous system's capability beyond what it was before. Now, this is simple stress and adaption. You know, these models uh, are used used all the time with muscle development and uh, intellectual development, all these kinds of things. But there's a more holistic approach to what growth means. And that is the full experience of the human body. Um, it's very difficult to measure that though. That's why I overlay it with the scale of consciousness. Cause we can actually test this, uh, in some of the programs I run, um, uh, we use, uh, the muscle testing to start the calibrations on people. But then what we do is we corroborate it with other factors with, uh, there's things in the medical field called the GAD nine, the PHQ seven or PHQ nine or GAD. I can't remember what, but they're, they're what's called flourishing scales. Um, they measure how well a human is moving through space and time, not just like on a technical level, but you know, how much they're getting out of life, um, how much uh, their relationships are healthy and whatnot. And we overlay this. And what's really cool is the higher someone's consciousness is the more complete they are, but really, really cool is the more stress they're able to handle. They have a higher capacity, a higher bandwidth to soak up more of the world. You know this as a tier one operator. You know, like, I, I really appreciate, I, I used to call myself a tier one janitor after I left the military. <laughs> so uh, when you were talking about that, I had an appreciation. Um, but you know that there's a reason on, you know, once you reach the levels of team six, that this guy's a better fit than potentially Joel or Jane off the street, who's never been through any of this stuff, right? Because their yeah. capacity for that world has expanded. Now we can do that in many realms, uh, the emotional realm and whatnot. Um, but anyways, post-traumatic growth um, yeah, no, as a solution. Can, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go. No, no, no I, I was, if you want to Does it, you, can you, you, when you said something about facing, uh, facing your fear, like you don't want to get outside your comfort zone, 
Yeah. It seems to me like something that you can change if you do face your fear. We talked about skydiving, but also weird stuff that I noticed is is the more I got shot at in combat, the more I got used to it. Because the first time you never forget. It's scary. It snaps. It's fast. You, you, sometimes you don't know where this it comes is happening? from. Okay, we're doing yeah. this. And then and then you, you do see how people react. I've seen people freeze up. Then a few missions later, they're fine. Um, and I got to a point where it went from adrenaline just to being, oh, at least the night got more exciting, to not getting adrenaline. To, like, I need to change what I'm doing because that's going to lead to complacency. And then the further, but then I was, I was, um, I was used to combat. I was used to shooting people, seeing people get killed, but the more I got away from it, um, the more it started to bother me. Cause I, I was worried for a while. Am I a sociopath? Because it doesn't bother me. But then I grow, uh, literally older and I start thinking, wow, that was some fucked up shit we were doing. So it's, I don't know if that's uh, the growth or <sighs> the right way to go, but yeah, uh, no, no, this is perfect. This is perfect. Cause I remember, being like, I got to get out of fucking bed for this, you know, like, come on, you know, <laughs> having a good sleep, you know, you know, because you, you what you do is you accept death in yourself to a whole yeah. different level, you know, as like, but what happens is um, two concepts, suppression and repression. So as warriors, we suppress a lot. We consciously bury things away, but yeah. then we also repress where we unconsciously bury things away because, yeah, you, you've had some time now on the other side of of the fence and you've thought about it and you're like, okay, whoa, okay. There's a lot of emotions there to process because yeah. everything we experience goes through our emotional centers, but our conscious mind doesn't process all those emotions. And that happens all our life. And like I said, you already come into this story, your own story with some preconditioning on that. So um, definitely uh, to, to kind of get back to the, the whole kind of PTG as a solution and facing fears um, is facing those emotions. Uh, that's yeah. why a lot of guys, even the toughest guys you've ever seen, don't want to talk about the emotions that went behind something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they are literally the demons that are the scariest for us. They're, they're, the energy of it, that's the word yeah. I like to use. Like the that's energy a good, of That's it, a good word, yeah. Well, you know, it takes away words like scared and fear. Because like for a long time, I was like, well, I'm, I'm not scared of it. It's not, a, I don't have a fear. It's something else. It's the energy distorts how the neurons form will say not like literally breaks them, but it creates it to this pattern that will not in the long term serve, you know, like look at Rambo Rambo came out of Vietnam and his <laughs> behavior is not going to serve him all that well uh, in the long run. You know what I mean? Not in like the civvy world. Um, not saying that all those skills are um, lost and whatnot. So on the heels of the second largest bank failure in U S history and the eighth interest rate, hike within a year 186 more banks are at risk of collapsing and your bank could be next unless the fed does what they did just back in march and print 300 billion dollars out of thin air making your dollar worthless not to mention the recession risk that could have a significant impact on your investment and retirement accounts take my advice protect your financial uh, future with something real gold and silver for my friends at allegiance gold Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver, or if you prefer, have it delivered securely right to your front door. Since the beginning of time, there has been only one universal currency that is always of value, and that's gold. Allegiance Gold has the highest ratings in the industry, five stars with TrustLink, a AAA rating with the Business Consumer Alliance, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You can invest with confidence because of the quality and service of Allegiance Gold. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwiththeoperator.com.
protectwiththeoperator.com. That's protectwiththeoperator.com. Or you can give them a call at 844-790-9191. Don't let the Fed play Monopoly with your money. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwiththeoperator.com, protectwiththeoperator.com, or give them a call at 844-790-9191. Hydration is really important uh, from everything from having a good day to living a long, healthy life. And if you haven't tried Hoist yet, you need to try it. Hoist is a battlefield-proven hydration that works 110% better than water, and it keeps you hydrated longer than water. It's a special formula of electrolytes, carbohydrates, and fuels it's absorbed rapidly to keep you powering through the next objective, the next mission, the next field of fire, or rep, the next lap. It's one of only three hydration products approved by the Department of Defense, and it is on over 90% of military installations globally, and it's serving our war fighters uh, in the field, in operations, and in training. So go to www.drinkhoist.com and use code OPERATOR to save 15%. Or use the store locator that's there, too. So that's drinkhoist.com, code OPERATOR. And Hoist proudly offers 10% off military and first responders on their website. So again, that's drinkhoist.com. Friends, family, and loved ones, I bet you have not purchased a Father's Day gift yet, have you? Not to fear, the leaders in below-waist grooming are here. I'm talking about our friends at Manscaped. They're saving the day yet again with the total package for the father figure in your life this year. It's time to upgrade his game from the waist to the face with this exclusive offer. Have him join the 8 million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code THEOPERATOR at manscaped.com. My father is pretty hairy. I'd be willing to bet yours is as well, so you can hook him up. He needs his product. They start with the ultimate Father's Day MVP, the Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, he'll find their signature lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, brand new Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all his goodies. I like these bags. They're really nice. And we can't forget about the moneymaker. Manscaped has absolutely changed the game with their new Beard Hedger Pro Kit for fathers around the world. Included is the Beard Hedger Trimmer, Beard Shampoo and Conditioner, Beard Oil, Beard Balm, and two free gifts with the signature beer comb and scissors. We all know Dad loves their comfort. If his grooming routine is already dialed, make sure to hook him up with Manscaped's Boxers 2.0. These are without a doubt the best boxers for men of all ages. Whether he's mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, or golfing in the sun, these moisture-wicking boxers breathe without breaking a sweat. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEOPERATOR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEOPERATOR. Make this Father's Day one he won't forget with Manscaped. Already into May and the year is flying by, but it's still the new year and you still need new gear. Tactical baby gear, that is. Dirty diapers, screaming fits, and sleepless nights. Parenthood is not for the faint of heart, I know from experience. Tactical baby gear was founded by parents, for parents, with the belief that regardless of the challenges, there is nothing more rewarding. 
With a durable diaper bag that you're proud to carry, you'll overcome every spit-up, blowout, and meltdown along the way. Prepare for whatever parenting leads you with a customizable customizable tactical baby bag that's ready for an incredible journey ahead. But be ready because it could get messy. Go check out tacticalbabygear.com and you'll check out their day packs, their baby carriers, wagons, strollers, accessories, everything in between. And the gear is... um, Highest quality. Most of it is um, Molly fitted, so you can put stuff on there. There's uh, on the cruisers. They've got uh, everything from the Molly webbing and three-point safety harness to little snack tray and adult cup holders. That's pretty cool. And then the I like the tactical baby carrier. The baby can face in or out depending on the baby's developmental stage or the weather because you don't want to put baby in the hailstorm. It's a cotton padded interior with machine washable liner. Molly compatible. And they have the uh, it, they have the acknowledgement from the International Hip Dysplasia Institute as hip healthy, so you can actually wear your baby like a static line reserve on a static line jump, baby. Tacticalbabygear.com, fifteen percent off, and use the code the operator. Tacticalbabygear.com, code the operator. God guns and diapers, baby. Post traumatic growth, though, is that flip side of PTSD. So PTSD, I'm going to use like a if we were like scaling it is a low, it feels like a low. No one's going to disagree that it's like, it feels mm-hmm. heavy and burdensome. Yes, it It's does. not usually a hands up party, right? Um, it can be quite terrible. What, what I'm proposing though is one, we offer up this counter solution to it, which is post-traumatic growth as not just a form of hope, but like where you can wear those stress disorders as a badge. They're difficult. You know, sometimes like some guys come out and they, they've lost a leg uh, and of course, uh, I don't know if you have lady listeners and ladies as well, but they come out, they've lost a leg. They're, they're, they're wrestling with the moralistic wounds of mm-hmm. war, you know, like, okay, did we do the right thing? Was that the right thing? I don't know. You know, like, um, yeah, yeah. usually that's where the weight of the concept of killing comes into where, okay, man, actually deciding to kill someone is quite the massive decision, you know, in the moment we're, we're so trained uh, to do it, that it's, it's different yeah. and it, you know how it is when it's, or him send flowers like it's it's that yeah simple. yeah no shit and even at the time it's to the point where it's a competition with your friends uh yeah. that's what it seemed like it's i, I mean you're, you're like we, we're not comparing notes or showing pictures but it's like well he got one i better get one it's it's it, it, just the get that that level of lack of humanity it's it just being in being in that moment too and then i think i think and i'm not an expert um a lot of guys don't like to talk about ptsd because it is it's so suppressed and you do have to face things um, and, and I, and again, something else too, is you don't need to be a combat vet to have some traumatic stuff in your past that you don't want to bring up. And I think it's important for people to at least bring it up, but then get into other kind of treatments too, just to face the demons. Yeah. Well, you kind of touched on it. We use the word culture in the unit. I don't know what you guys use yeah. for the, the ecosystem of you operators working together right it creates a culture of its own we're not going to disagree that you plop you out of virginia and you put it in um a preschool it's going to look a little funky perhaps you know what i mean it's (laughs) its own it's its own special ecosystem and that ecosystem feeds back that's how we work there's a constant interaction between you and the other people but also the ecosystem and that one works well um for serving what it serves you know uh I'll just use the term American ideals in this case. Okay. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's a constant feedback like that. 
uh, and it has to be looked at. And that's, that goes back to, to what you were saying about culture or um, people facing stuff. Uh, this is it. It's cut and dry. We all have stuff to take a peek at. Yeah. But to me, the invitation is you courageously go there because you can be more than what you are. And I get it. I, I've been in the depths of severe PTSD. It's, yeah. it's heavy. Your feet are heavy. You know, your, your prefrontal cortex is shutting down. You're literally, your mind is calcifying in certain ways. You have these patterns that are trying to play out these memories that you don't want to face and it's heavy. Um, the isolation or what I call constriction though, is the person's first clue that they just need to talk to someone. Yeah. It doesn't have to be even a fucking pro, you know? No, just talk to someone. Yeah. Just talk to someone. That's how we make relevance realization is with other people right you know even you and i right now we're discussing um things and we're we're, we're kind of making new relevance you know like that's what oh, we i do. agree that's, yeah totally we have that conversation um for our documentary dark night of our soul we uh we spent years looking into this concept one really from our own point of view validating post-traumatic growth and more to the point intentionally facilitating post-traumatic growth where we stress people on purpose in order to achieve growth effects. Um, Cause there's two ways to really have like um, massive change in your life. A really fucking gnarly stressful situation comes in and fucking hits you like a lightning bolt and your life has changed forever. Um, and the other one is the opposite side of that where you experience almost bliss level love, having a child, meeting the love of your life. You know, um, it could be like a deep connection with nature at a, uh, in a moment for some, it's some kind of religious experience. Um, but they both set in and they start to like shake up and what we call alter your state of consciousness. So we have this thing called, um, like kind of, and, and this is ish, you know, because we don't fully know what the brain is beyond some statistical properties, but it shakes it up and it forces it start to start to recalibrate. And when that happens, this is where the concepts of inducing growth become more relevant. So example, if you experience something very stressful, okay, mm -hmm. um, you know, buddy's blowing up, boom, bits and bites are launched on the windshield. You know, you throw on the windshield wipers and you get out of there. Like, okay, that's, that's a big moment in time. Yes. If you sleep and get into REM sleep that night, REM sleep, which is hard to get into when you're stressed. Yes, you're 70% less likely to develop PTSD. Just that one. If factor. you can get some sleep that night into REM sleep. So what into happens is you, okay, yeah, yeah, your, 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 the, the theory is your brain is doused in DMT and your brain is able to start making sense of what's going on, your own sense of it. You know, otherwise, what it does is it stores it away as a stress wound and then mm. that gets layered on top of and then layers and layers get harder to break through right peeling the onions difficult when there's a lot of layers if you get into rem the next night the studies show that you're about 40 percent. so off that 70 you got 30 percent left 40 percent of that if you get into rem sleep um you won't develop a ptsd symptom so ptsd roughly is like 30 days of stress and it won't go away after that up up to that point it's just like kind of considered the processing period but that's just sleep if you if you drink healthy uh like good pure water if you eat properly if you have good communication with people if you move if you keep um 
you know, contemplations, meditation. So those are just different uh, frequencies of brainwaves, contemplation, meditation. Meditation is just like kind of like lower waves just before sleep. Contemplation is where you're kind of in and out of like an alpha state into like a, um, a delta state. And then beta is like really concentrated. But if you keep massaging these, you're more likely and more likely and more likely to not um, be locked away in that well, I'll just call it a prison because um, that's what it can feel like. And um, none of those cost one penny. You know, our bodies are made to handle stress. Maybe not as much as we give it right now yeah. in the modern world. You know, we're constantly taxing our systems like crazy. And and that I think that's, that's there's two keys uh, for veterans listening. If they're, if, if any of this is resonating, if you do feel constricted down now, life is not, one fuck it it's not supposed to be a high that's just not how it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a bit of both you know we travel the lows so we can appreciate the highs and the highs give us um hope to travel the lows and that's we're constantly expanding that i, I think that's what we're we're here to evolutionarily do um that's why we have consciousness um but if you are feeling these constrictions any single practice we looked at beyond you know that self-care i kind of mentioned the first step is talking to someone else, whether you're going you're for right. ketamine, yeah. ketamine treatments, psilocybin, ayahuasca, a bufo. If you're going for some kind of talk therapy, the first step is you're actually engaging with another human being. And that does a couple things. It opens up your kind of the conversation centers and it actions your prefrontal cortex into setting a goal because it's already starting to shut down. Um, and that's the interesting, interesting thing about stress though is... Um, lots of these guys and gals who are suffering around with PTSD, if something like kicked in and there was like an explosion or something, they'd fucking, they'd rise up and they'd get into survival mode. They probably wouldn't just apathetically sit there. They, there's something really cool about the body and it deeply wanting to survive. And stress is one of those tools. And like I was saying, we use some methods to, to start recalibrating that system. A couple of them I'll keep as just proprietary, but um, there's all kinds of really cool stuff like emotional recall, uh, RPRs, things that just um, let the nervous system and the body start moving out those stress, those stories. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and, I found too. I found too that you can um, do it internally with with a lot of help from some medications. I've I have PTSD also, and I started with talking to someone, and I got into uh, a couple different treatments. I t I did uh, DMT a few times. And that's just that's I, I, there's there needs to be more um, better regulated treatments for people, especially combat veterans. But that's like almost a thing where you get through the first part of it and you sort of take a a journey through like a, you guide your own tour through your soul. And it, it, it doesn't force like we said, we don't like that word, but you get to see some traumatic events and almost you it's for me personally, it was like you see it, you deal with it. It's OK. And then you keep moving forward. Um, and you know, as opposed to just here, here's a bunch of pills, take them. You'll be fine type shit. Um, talk to someone and then try to find, cause I think I've seen ayahuasca. I've never done that. Uh, but I've, I've talked to people who have, and there's different things, THC that help people different ways. And, uh, I think it's uh, speaking of being open-minded, why not just open your mind and see if you can help these men and women who have been through so much shit, maybe with something that'll help. That's my thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you, you touch on DMT. That's, that's what's released in REM. Um, yeah. and yeah, I, ayahuasca does something similar that uh to pure dmt where it triggers your pineal to release it but that most people don't get into rem sleep anymore that's that's one of the issues that's why stress is so resilient. really 
Yeah. How, so when, how, what's the best way to get into REM sleep? I mean, I like to because I know like Ambien is not supposed to be good. I use Ambien. There's other uh, sleeping aids, but is it? I mean, what's the best way to try to get into REM? So I don't know if any sleeping aids will actually allow a full REM sleep, but I'm not like a sleep expert. Um, yeah. So I, I would a couple things I'd like to touch on, Rob, that you you sure. hit there that I think are important. One, I'm not like. I'm, I prefer when I can get it from mother nature, but I am not completely opposed to um, getting medical help as well as part of my intervention to move through things. You know, sometimes a beta blocker is good. Sometimes a serotonin uptake is good. You know, these things are, they have their place as part of like a holistic uh, healing journey. Um, Like if, if you're still using sleep aids, then something like Bufo uh, might be really now that's good. The, is that the toad? Yeah, <laughs> Bufo the Toad. Can you explain yeah. that? Because I don't know much about it. It sounds cool to me. I just one thing I knew from working in the jungle is the shinier and prettier it is, the more poisonous it probably is. The, the less you're supposed to lick it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't there a frog that you touch it and you can die? Yeah, I mean, they got everything out there. Huh? Um, <laughs> Jungles. Yeah, so, that's. I'll tell you what. I'll, uh, I'll take desert over jungle any day. Everything in the jungle is trying to kill you. Yeah. And it's like, it's all around you. Where in the yes. desert, you got some space to deal with it, you know? You can run from a camel spider, but a bullet ant, you're not going to see him come up and just bite you on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I totally yeah. went off there. You were making no, a no, point. It's all good. It's all I'm good. being a jackass. Um, no, no, it's good. Um, Yeah, it's a 5-MeO DMT. It's like the simple kind of simplest answer. It's like five times the, the really dose. Like it's not literally, but it's it feels like that. It's like, it feels like you're moving through hyperspace but it is goes it, to it, work on you right it, away. What's it called? Bufo? Yeah, Bufo Alvaris, I think, is uh, it's kind of wow. the No, because like name. with the DMT, most uh, most people haven't done it. The way the best way I describe it is a rocket taking off. And the first part is getting through the atmosphere, and it's pretty much scary as shit. Uh, but once you get through it, then now you're in space and it's 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 you're there. You but you need to get through that first. I mean, if, I mean, it felt to me like, I don't know how 10 minutes I, I was, I asked them how many hours I was out and they were like, uh, four minutes, but it's felt yeah. like forever because well, you get through that first thought. part and then it opens everything. Like it, I could see, it's almost like I had eyes 360. I could see everything. And it was just, like I said, a tour of my soul. And it was, I, I, I mean, I'm going to do it again just because I'm probably crazy. Well, <laughs> one, um, I think, uh, plant medicines have to be, uh, invited back into our culture on a whole new level um at least to start helping us break some cycles yeah so what i think you're talking about because one i don't get once you break through where your ego yes. dissolves so that's the key your ego but, yeah. dissolves mm -hmm. the the, the doctor that administers it to me said uh you you need to almost surrender to it uh and yeah. i don't know if surrender again I'm, it's probably not the best word but yeah well, it yeah, is because yeah. you could fight it though right you could oh you could fight it you could make like, it miserable I'm not going anywhere you're yeah. you make it miserable and you're gonna right? have Someone's a bad trip <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, well exactly and that's what happens during these things is uh there's a whole bunch of factors with any of the plant medicines but that's that's the surrender where you almost take a back seat to it and you know that back seat guy because I, I think i i know like once you 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 start taking a voyage of your soul but really mm -hmm. you still exist there that's yes more your psyche less influenced by your ego that i'm mm -hmm. talking about from earlier um so interesting you mentioned this because we're, we're starting up a program called citizen green in canada and the u.s yes and it's yes, I... it's, it's basically um it's going to use thc as its uh um altered state plant medicine um but then it'll have programming throughout and it's not just for ptsd what it'll do is 
when you transition from the military, you're up against really when you transition from anything, but the military, especially because they literally hammer you into being a soldier. That's like, true. Unlike anywhere else, right? You go through basic training and then you go through whatever schools and like you're constantly being molded and hammered on uh, into this iteration. So one of the things that becomes difficult is actually shifting your identity, shifting your story on the other side of it as you're like discovering your new purpose, right? Okay, well, who am I? How do I sit in the world as a non-operator um, or a non-soldier or whatnot? So that's one of the things you come up against, right? Is that transition as your mind is recalibrating to this new place. Uh, then there's purpose, like where am I going, right? Because in the military, one of the cool things about it is you're given your mission. It's like, okay, yeah. there's my mission, you know? Um, I, that's just what I do. And it's it's it makes it kind of more simple, right? Because everything you do is in service to that mission uh when you come out of it you got to find your new mission you know and it, it could be work but usually work runs out pretty quick it has to have a little more passion behind it right um but then what's happening is as your mind recalibrates the effects of ptsd those mm -hmm. those stresses that you have not faced will start to kick in usually about two yes years they do later yeah that's exactly um, that's exactly right yes yeah um which is kind of interesting you know it takes that long for the mind to just get down to those recalibrations. And it took a lot of years to develop all those stresses. So it's going to take some time on the other side. Um, but anyways, we use uh, THC as the altered state um, while they're moving through our programming that's going to tackle all these things. And what's cool in Canada, we can offer the programming completely free because our Veterans Affairs covers the cost of the medical marijuana. Uh, down here in the U.S., um, we found some clever ways to offer it between... Uh, We'll say 30% now, but we're shooting for more, um, which a lot of the vets are already doing. They're chasing these deals. Um, like certain growers will have deals and they, they're chasing them around the country with the states that uh, have legalized it and all that. Uh, but we're going to be able to put it into a consistent place. Um, and when they purchase through these consistent places, they'll have access to the, the courseware um, until we get going and we kind of get like some foundational money and stuff like that. What What is the uh, the course? Is it like it's, it's a course like you do two a year? Yeah. So, um, basically after I left, uh, the military, I got in the, in the military, like in the SF, I was, I was, um, I was, I was in awe of things like selections, uh, behavioral modifications. We, we would call it training and preparation, but, uh, human dynamics and that, that like, it, it, I've always been interested in it, but it just like, it took it to the next level of watching how, creating arenas and spaces could shift people so much. And after I left, that's what I did, but I did it for civilians on the other side with the special forces experience um, where we create arenas that shift people. So there's in person, but then there's also uh, workups uh, online and in a community and then afterwards. And, you know, that, that that's kind of an interesting point there. You have, um, pre-event event, and then post-event that mm -hmm. happens in life with everything we do all the time, right? There's before an event, yeah. we have, we go through an event and then there's post-event, uh, guys like you and I, we would be part of after actions in that yeah. post-event, the, the, the mission, you have the brief, the mission, then the after action report. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's so everything in life, you know, really we can do that. And if we do it more intentionally, we're able to continue to expand that stress level. Um, and there's a bunch of tools, a bunch of education, and that's what the course will cover. It, it, it's designed to be 12 months long um, with like, not like going back to school though. 
you know, a small video a week just to start inducing things that will go along with cannabis practices. Now, the thing with cannabis is, is we're also building up the research. Um, I'm partnering with a blockchain company, Global Compliance, um, to gather data on what really works, like what strain grown in which way, smoked or eaten in a certain way works best for uh, symptom X of, say, PTSD or for pain relief. And as the community goes, we're going to build that information up and we're going to be able to um, spit out a little bit better data so that the medical world doctors can, instead of just being like, here's your three grams a day, which is better than nothing, like better than mm -hmm. no access, but it's like, okay, maybe you only need, you know, three puffs at this one time, feel some emotions. And then that's it for the day. Or maybe you need, you know, half joint smoked in this way, dried out to go to sleep. You know, there, there's, there's a whole bunch of different ways to use it. Um, so it'll include like ceremonial, what we're calling ceremonial journeys where you're, you're incorporating the cannabis, but then also work where to start identifying personality patterns, you know, to start shifting your identity in the way you want. And really it just builds and just like working out muscles. It works out your cognitive traits as you move through. Um, and what's cool is we can do this without ever saying you should do this. You know, you are this like, cause the idea is to, to be yourself, you know, fully. And oh. I, like like we just started the conversation with, everyone's probably going to be a little bit different. I, I would imagine, but I, I mean that now as far as REM sleep, we talked about because does the THC. I mean, I can imagine that I've taken some gummies before and it really helped me sleep. I just don't know what kind of sleep it is, but I mean, it's, I was out. You know, once again, not a sleep expert, but my theory is that it it doesn't actually get you into REM sleep. It'll get you into uh, more like deep narrative sleep, which is mm -hmm. important too. Where, um. Like the thing is, is you got to start tearing apart. What time of night are you getting into these? What is the depth? Like there is monitors, you know, like um, as part of this programming, we're going to bring in HRV uh, through Dr. Mike T. Nelson. And with the HRV monitoring for those who partake, partake in it, we can start tracking down all kinds of levels of things on your, your, uh, your nervous system with it. And then one of that will be the C like, um, because some people don't know what it's like to feel a REM dream versus Right. You know, a deep cycle versus something else versus fantasizing before you wake up or kind of uh, daydreaming before you fall asleep. Those are all different levels of neural processing. Um, but then we can start to tie that together. So, you know, oh, geez, uh, I've fallen into REM sleep. And wow, today, usually <laughs> you feel more tired because the body has begun to recalibrate. It's um, mm. it's dropped down its guards and it's like, OK, I need to recoup. And then so you'll usually see a bit of a drop in the HRV. Um, yeah, sorry. I kind of diverged a little there. I don't know. If that no, it's all good. No, this is, this is interesting. Uh, cause one of the biggest issues, well, even for me, but for other guys, um, is the, the sleep, like, uh, I don't, I like just literally laying there and not being able to sleep or waking up at, you know, three 30 in the morning and just laying there. It's like, uh, I might as well go to the gym right now because I'm up. And I, I, like, I think I heard you mention you don't, you don't use alarm clocks. Like I, I don't need to either. I'm just going to be up. So I don't know how that, if that's healthy or not. Yeah. So when it comes to interventions on the physiological plane, which completely impact the psychological sleep is one of the hardest to change because it sits on top of every other pattern we have, how we eat, how we move, you know, the stresses we bring in, the stresses we bring out. So it's, it's a hard one to change. 
Um, just kind of interesting, you know, check in with your sleep. Cause you probably, I don't, you, I think you maybe mentioned that you went to therapy or whatnot, but um, mm -hmm. like, is it your, when you start to have a certain dream, you wake up is it cause some people just don't want to fall asleep um, because they're, they're, they're afraid of having to face those dreams, you know? No, I'm, I'm, I'm all about them. I don't, when I have a nightmare, which I will once in a while, it's never a, it's never a combat dream. It's going to be something ridiculous, like uh, locked up in jail or a dinosaur. So I'm just weird. It's not the, the combat never really scared me. There were, you know, moments where, holy shit. Cause I mean, cause either if you get hit with a bullet, you either get hit or you don't. And if, if a close call is like, wow, that was that was fast. Um, but, at you know, at the moment, it was never scary. And afterwards, it was more of just because I've been very, very lucky. Uh, I've never seen one of my friends hurt. Uh, so that's that's good. Uh, but but after the fact, you know, having been in a house where we kill people in front of other people, it's like, OK, that that's that bothers me a little bit. It's never been the uh, it's not I'm afraid to sleep. It's it, it's either my mind is just racing about stuff that I'm consciously thinking or I can't I don't put my stupid phone down. You know, maybe just read a book and go to sleep. Well, yeah, we could get into blue light and stuff like that. That's going to throw that off. I, I just do want to offer this up. Um, yeah. I have a, a friend. He's a former SEAL. He was on sleep meds. Um, and with Bufo, uh, he went. Yeah, get into that. So he went and he sat. Um, just just like for people listening, it's not usually zero to Bufo. There's, there's things we can do that will create the conditions for us to have like the breakthroughs. Um in better ways uh, because sometimes you break through and the messages is very much a physical message. Like, Oh, I I'm carrying pain here and I should stop doing this and whatnot. Uh, the more you tune up your house and then you sit with the more powerful medicines, the more deeply rooted and backwards in the timeline it will be. Anyhow, um, he went, he sat um, and he, he, he thought it was going to be all bliss and balloons and stuff. Mm -mm. And, you know, sometimes what we need isn't bliss and balloons. It's going to be the worst thing you face. And that's what happened to him. And like, he actually, like he closed down for a day or two and he's like, okay, I'm going to start facing this. But interestingly, he literally went to pick up his sleep meds uh, to take for sleep and he put it in his hand and it felt heavy. No kidding. Um, like, like this has happened, you know, like when, when your body starts to experience certain things, that's what muscle testing space is, is on that your body kind of knows what's good for it and what's not good for it. Anyway, it's felt heavy. He's been off them ever since. Uh, I couldn't tell you the exact reasoning, but I, I do know this. Um, th there's recalibrations that happen at the speed of light. Uh, and those recalibrations help the mind settle, retune express emotions because sometimes like you were saying you just got to like take a back seat to it so that's what i use thc mm. for um i i maybe once a month um i'll sit and i'll do it usually around the full moon because i don't sleep around the full moon i don't know what it is like i, I just literally oh yeah full moon's coming i don't even have to look outside i just fucking can't <laughs> it's coming it. you can feel it yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of badass, though. That's like werewolf shit. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I think it's the the hunter in me. That's what I like to say, because yeah. I, I I don't love not sleeping, but I'm like, OK, well, I'll make the most of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll I'll just set up my space a little bit, be intentional about how I smoke it. It's not just fucking hitting the bong and putting on a fucking comedy. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm looking to to flush some stuff. And it's interesting because I get that same feeling where I'm just I take a kind of like a conscious backseat my emotions flow. Um, 
And then I don't have to do anything else. It's just my body has had time to process these emotions. Um, and it's a shame that we get so detached from these emotions because yeah, the shitty ones suck to feel. Yeah. No one's going to argue with that. But yeah. if you detach from your emotions, then you rob yourself of feeling all the more beautiful ones too, you know, feeling even closer. That's a great to your point. Great point. Yeah. Cause, cause you can't have one, you can't do one without the other. That's just the way it works. And usually, um, unfortunately we don't backfill pain with like those love emotions. And, um, anyhow, once we sit with them, resolve them, uh, we get this access to a whole new bank. And then usually it starts to manifest to go back to PTG. Um, you feel more connected. You, you do more for your community, you know, like in community doesn't have to be like a giant grouping. It just could be your, your family. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it's, if you're like ever interested, just hit me up. I, I have a, a oh, place yeah, that I sure. go that's, that's super, um, she, she works a lot actually with, uh, vets, uh, specifically it's weird how life works out, but m mostly seals. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is that, uh, is that the medicine woman as you call her? Yeah. Like I've graduated to calling her a shaman. Uh, that's if awesome. I'm, if I'm going to be, she would never call herself a shaman. Uh -huh. Um, but as I've, you know, explored these concepts more, uh, and slowly over time, she is definitely that. So at a certain point, medicine. That's like that's not her. a bad thing. That's a good thing. Well, the thing is, is like full shaman is like the kind of the the root definitions are one who shows you God, mm -hmm. you know, and that that's a tricky word, right? God has a lot of history, if we will, you know, and a lot of yeah. yeah God's caused a lot of wars. God, like, people <laughs> people get pretty serious about God or their version of God. Their version, right? So we're trying to. It seems like we're trying to explain this this energy we'll call it the universe energy whatever. i like i like energy yeah that's usually what i work with because you know i'm part of the modern world and we can prove lots in the physical plane and not that i need proof to believe it's just it really helps you know mm -hmm. what i mean like yes it does it really it helps the mind calibrate around it um and yeah yeah proof like, it's it proof is good but people people love i grew up catholic and people just love the word faith you just have to yeah. believe this. And uh, right now I've got an aunt up in Montana who's listening to this, probably losing her mind that I said I like the word energy. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. That's why I try things. to use a lot of them, you know? I, yeah. I'll use a yeah. lot of them because um, my studies of these theologies and theories and philosophies, at the pinnacle of it all, it sounds very much like they're talking about the same thing. And that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, if you want to, if you want to screw something up, get, get man's interpretation of something and you usually screw it up. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and, but again, that's, again, that's, I think it's being open-minded um, and there shouldn't be anything wrong with that, but boy, I mean, nowadays in, 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 uh, in Canada and the United States, you see it in Europe that if, if you're, if you're open-minded, but not on the right subjects, people tend to get violent about that too. So it's, it's a, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of funky. So, okay. Now, if we're talking about sleep, I did hear you mention before, and I, I dug this, and I could be way off, but when, like when you wake up immediately without opening your eyes, like try to smile or something and get some positive energy going, is that true? Yeah, yeah. Um, these are all like little micro interventions because mm -hmm. the morning is when your cortisol is highest. Okay. So there's a chance if your mood is already going to be prime to be in a more miserable state and we'll call it um a lower state it's it's like prime in that morning space so yeah um the literal act of smiling 
begins to release those neuro juices. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you it know does. how it is. It works. You, it works. Or I'll bring it back to being an operator. You know what I mean when I talk about an irreverent sense of humor and how powerful it is. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's real. Yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah. So what it does is it a good sense of humor, like, cause these are situations folks where like, they don't completely fucking make sense. And they're there. There's a lot of like, okay, this is pretty heavy. You can't sit there and worry about it in that moment. Afterwards, we start to rebuild sense of it. But if we put that lighthearted twist on it, um, and I use the word irreverent uh, for in the military, cause that's how it can come across to people. That's how it's been, uh, you know, that's how an outsider might view this, but it's not, it's, it's a great coping strategy. So yeah, in the morning, yeah. Um, as like, um, all those other good juices are flowing through me. I just try to lay there for a bit before I open my eyes and engage with the environment around me before I really turn on my senses. And, you know, our mind should be bathed in some other things at that point, if we slept a little bit. Uh, and then I just do some simple affirmations if that's what I need, like whatever I'm like right now, I'm, I'm, I'm healing my kind of what I'll call my, uh, my wounds with money that I inherited from my folks, you know? So my, my folks were both fairly poor. They became more successful, but they, they didn't douse the kind of the poor mindset. And that got passed on to myself and my sister. Now that's, that's a limiting, um, conditioning on my part. So affirmations and say them out loud. Uh, really? Because when something, yeah, when something's said okay. aloud, yeah. okay. uh, your ears soak it back up and it's something like 70% more likely to, to if stay. you say it out loud. If you say it out loud, yeah, because I think it just creates another possible feedback loop. Um, and there's different things actioned, right? When you say something in your mind, you're not moving your tongue really, you know, you're not actioning yeah, right. a lot mm -hmm. of those things. Uh, and those are just little baby steps. Um, That's starting really the day. It just, yeah, just kind of kicking yeah. off, you know?